Welcome to the Dads with Nerdy Ambitions podcast. I'm your host, Steve Pugh, and join with me is, he's now, I guess that you are, Kevin, you're officially my, my, my new every other episode. I love that your kids are still up, by the way. <laughs> Kevin Bobbins, ladies and gentlemen, with the child, children's laughter. An aspiring co-host with frequent distractions. Um, so, Kevin, you and I are doing a really fun episode here. Uh, we are doing an episode with the Curioporium, and we have uh, Nathan and Joey with us tonight. Uh, and what's really fun about this episode is you and I found them. These were uh, people we found over at the, uh, oh my gosh. Punk Rock uh, Flea Market. Yes, the Punk Rock Flea Market. Thank you. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. And they had the coolest setup in the entire market by far the the vehicle but what was really funny and this is what i want to tell my listeners ladies and gentlemen when i found them i didn't exactly find the vehicle first i found one of their actors and i thought it was a just a very thorough cosplayer it was this this uh, this young lady and she is just like all mad max decked out she's got this really cool looking weapon and i was like wow whoa, i want to take a picture with her and I, you know, I'm telling her about the podcast and everything. And she goes, oh, yeah, I well, I'm a, I work for the Curioporium. And she starts telling us all the stuff about it. And she's like, I'm a monster hunter. And I was wearing, I think I was wearing the alien costume that day. So I was like, oh, good. I'm thinking I'm an alien. <laughs> Terrible dad jokes. But, dude, we found them. We had to go talk to these people. And within five minutes, I, I, I think we asked them to come be on the show. I think we were pretty excited. Uh, one of the the... The, the co-creators was running around dressed as Beetlejuice. Um, and Nathan, I can't remember what you were dressed as, but uh, let me just go ahead and welcome to the show. Nathan and Joey, thank you so much, guys, for being on the show. Uh, thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's Nathan, what were, you, what were you wearing, by the way? I can't remember. Um, I was wearing kind of typical goth boots, black hood, a lot of leather, a lot of straps. That's what I was wearing that day. <laughs> you know just very subdued very subdued. just very subtle stuff <laughs> just subtle. uh and joey you were going around as beetlejuice and you had a really good costume too like how did you manage to do the the green moss is, is that what that's supposed to be i never yeah, really yeah. thought about that i've been playing beetlejuice for close to 15 maybe 20 years so i know it pretty well i can that's... i can i can improv as beetlejuice for hours and hours and never have anything to repeat so. what made you decide to be beetlejuice it's just uh, number one the they um i play many different characters for there right. in particular i think it was just um i actually had worked with the punk rock flea market a few years ago uh before the pandemic when mm. they did a tim burton day and they hired me to be beetlejuice at their event so um, I just get hired at, for, for playing different characters and things like that. And it seemed, uh, you know, we were close to October or okay. Halloween or we were in October. And it just seemed like the, the right, uh, the ghost with the most was the right thing to bring at the time. Plus we had some events coming up at the Curioporium with Beetlejuice as well. So it was a little bit of self-promotion as well. That's awesome. And props to you. That was absolutely an amazing costume. Um, so we are a nerdy podcast. We talk nerdy stuff. And Curioporium is, you guys cover so much of the, the 
I don't know if I would call it the darker fandoms, but you touch the horror areas and you do it very well. You do some really fun things. Um, and I, I can't imagine you guys creating this beautiful entertainment that you have and not have some nerdy backgrounds whatsoever. Uh, so, Absolutely. Uh, I mean, besides cosplay and Joey, are, is, do you have any other nerdy fandoms? Um, well, I come from being a theme park designer with Disney and Universal, so I'm a so I'm a big theme park geek. Um, love movies, love comedy, love dark comedy, um, comic books, video games. I still game to this to this day, even though I just turned fifty. So I try to keep up on what's trending out there. Um, so yeah, Muppets, uh, <laughs> The Dark Crystal. I mean, that's what got me into doing what I do. Really? Um, yeah, between, yeah, um, you know, special effects makeup. I pretty much do a lot of everything. And that's, uh, you know, that's carried over into what I do at the Curioporium too. I just wear a lot of hats. But as an artist, I've been inspired by so many different types of media. Mm. Um, I just wanted to kind of touch base with all of that. I mean, I'm a, a, I'm a, I went into animation to begin with in film, uh, film school. Um, I'm a artist. I, I draw, you know, I draw, I sculpt. I used to do stuff for Hasbro and Marvel and um, uh, doing uh, toy sculpting and such. So it's, it's, I, I just enjoyed learning as much as I can through the geekery of this universe. And Is there a fandom you haven't touched? I, I think you've got most of them covered. Have you done anything with Dungeons and Dragons? I don't. That's the one thing I think I stay away from, and that falls into, into Nathan's category. Um, I don't do tabletop board games at all. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, no judgment. Like, no judgment. I, like I, can, I can sculpt. I can. I paint miniatures. Like I, mm -hmm. I sculpted miniatures, but I do not have the wherewithal to play those games. I respect that. And I mean, so, do you really honestly have the time based on all the stuff that you do over no. there? No, no, I do not. <laughs> well, well, let's go over to you, Nathan. Uh, so he does everything else. Is D&D &D the only thing that you, in tabletop gaming that you mess with? Or do you have some oh, other things? No, no, my background is great and, you know, colorful. Um, I come from more of a storytelling writing background. You know, my, okay. my, my background is in classical theater, uh, playwriting, mm. scene design, in directing, worked at Hartford Stage, Long Wharf, as well as my own personal kind of productions. Um, but I grew up, you know, late 80s. So that 80s culture of D&D &D was always there. It was always encouraged, you know, my mother, the whole fantasy realm, you know, taking me to go see Willow at the movie theater and, you know, always immersing. My, my thing is I would always immerse myself in kind of those worlds. So mm. I did a lot of stuff with, you know, drawing, writing, fan fiction, um, a lot of my friends that I surrounded myself were are, you know, were great comic book artists. So we mm -hmm. kind of touched on that. You know, I remember the first time sitting in the movie theater in uh, was it Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out, the live version, the first one. And I'm like, my my aunt incidentally owned a comic book store in Elmwood in West Hartford. So, you know, I used to work there on off hours, and here I am, you know, with one of the, the, the great comic artists out, out there and seeing this on the screen. I'm like, well, how far does this go? And then like learning what they had to learn for the backgrounds of, you know, just not the artistry, but the storytelling. Um, so I've always been kind of in, in, in that part. 
you know, huge, huge sci-fi horror movie geek, definitely. I know a lot of obscure lines and a lot of times, you know, Joey will get them when I say it. Um, you know, we put a lot of detail in what we did. Um, like Joey mentioned, The Dark Crystal, that's definitely one of my top movies, not just for uh, the movie itself, but just for the effects and the costumes and the attention to detail. And when I was looking at those things before I opened up the Curioporium, was that's what I what that's what I liked. When I go out, you know, antiquing, I like the strange things, the unusual things, things that have a story. You know, that's what I want to bring home. Not just oh, look, this is a great vintage, you know, antique thing from the 50s or 40s. Um, so for me, it's always been that background of, of that kind of fantasy and immersive storytelling. Um, you know, as a, as a theater playwright, um, I want to be there. If I'm writing something that takes place in the forest, I'm going to the forest to write the play. Um, it's just always the way my brain works. Um, and kind of when Kiriporium was there, I had to see it. Like, I had to say, this is the room that I envisioned in my head when we first opened as an antique shop back in 2018. Um, that's where kind of the seeds of Curioporium came. And then it was like, how far can we, can I push it um, before COVID hit? Um, and like I was just talking with you earlier, it's kind of like when you grow up and you're an adult and you're, you're able to do those things that you wished you could have done when you were a kid. Um, that's where I kind of said, you know what? Yeah. I want to put stuff in here from movies, you know, I want to do this, I kind of want to do that and pull from my childhood background, because, you know, I think somebody once wrote in a newspaper article, it's like, what's in my brain, so everybody else can see it, and that was original, the original Curioporium, and then, um, you know, once COVID hit, and, and Joey came on, that's really kind of expanded into its own thing, it's a life of its own, it lives and breathes on its own, um, it's kind of like, you know, we gave the, the seeds to start it. So like a little bit of dash of fandom, a little bit of dash of, you know, everything that, that we like for geek culture, um, but then wrapping it in this big blanket of immersion. Um, it's really just, you know, gone far beyond what I originally, you know, thought it was going to be when it started in 2018. That's Absolutely amazing. Uh, would you say it's the equivalent, because the way you're describing how you came up with some of this stuff, I, I would put it almost to the equivalent of an actor being a method actor, where you immersing yourself as a method creator into to, yeah. to come up with these rooms? Yeah, I'd say I'd say that's accurate. And, and you know, uh, when, when, you know, Curioporium was at the state of COVID of whether I was going to close it or keep mm -hmm. it open, and I wasn't sure. And really, it was, you know, my wife at the time was like, no, you can walk away, you know, you know, go. And then um, Joey, who was scheduled to do a class with us right during that COVID time, um, you know, I said, hey, I'm going to close, come over, take a look, what can we do? Um, and kind of this, this idea of this um, uh, uh, immersive environment came to be. And I remember the first year that, that we were working, you know, I worked on a lot of the vault rooms was that was exactly it. Like my mind frame wasn't, I'm going to make this room look like this. It was like, if I belonged to some rich, obscure British family that was involved in, you know, the occult in this, what would I put in this room? Mm. So you know, that approach for me works because I never, we never do anything to say, let's put this up there because it'll be really cool. You know, mm. it would be really cool if this, it has to have a reason. 
it has to have a reason for being there. It has to have a reason to fit into the story, into the world building that we're doing. Um, and I think that really shines through with, you know, all the environments we've done. Mm. Um, and it's always changing. There's always more stuff that can be done. And, you know, on one level, people will come through and see the stuff that we did and be like, wow, this is great. You've created something awesome. Then you'll have people who will go in there for an hour and they're opening up drawers. They're reading, there's letters you can read and they take the deep dive into things that Joey and I have put in there um, and get a completely different experience than somebody would if they just came in to, you know, check it out and go shopping. Yeah. Now, now when I was setting up for this episode and I definitely did, a, had to do a lot of research on you guys, because I think you guys are absolutely amazing. Um, I don't know how to describe to our listeners or to just my friends in general what you guys are because you cover a lot of different you check off a lot of different boxes because you have the immersion experience you have the entertainment that you do you have the actors that interact you are a store you do sell things but mm -hmm. and you offer travel you guys do stuff not just in the shop you have special events you have things that come in you had the uh you know we'll talk about the stuff later you you had krampus lady krampus you what do you category categorize yourselves as or do you even fit in one no no, no this, is, this is this is great and there's two ways of answering this you know um one way is when we have our actors especially joey you can you can chime in with this when uh we have aloysius which is a member of our Havisham society people will come in and say what is this you know and, and this is really interesting and, and you i mean joe you've been asked this question so so many times whether it's during a show during shopping so kind of what, right. what's your 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 main do you want me to get aloysius because he's here with me but oh, yeah. um <laughs> all right um no but i'll answer for me so people uh so um, people, yes, it, it, they will walk through the door. They're, they'll either be, their eyes will pop out, their jaws will drop when they see even the first room that they walk into. What are you? And for, for what we are right now, uh, because we continue to evolve, we're two different mm -hmm. things. Number one, we are uh, New, England's, New England's premier sh haunted shopping experience. And, and, you know, not a lot of people understand what that is. Uh, so you have to kind of go down the road. Now, when, any, when anybody comes in, our characters are typically, or our store workers, I should say, are not just store workers. And that's the difference between it being themed, a theme mm. store, and an immersive store, is that our characters are there to take you on the ride. So as soon as you come in, yes, we're a, we're a haunted shopping experience, which means you can explore through these six rooms uh, at your leisure. Almost everything is for sale. Everything will interact with you. You can interact with it. You can you can learn from things uh, that are hidden throughout it. And then we're also an entertainment venue. Now, in saying this as a character, as opposed to just me, it flows a little bit better in that in character in saying what it is, uh, depending on who is asked. Aloysius is very much, uh, he's our head scientist there. So he's got, you know, he's got a handle on, the giant steampunk machine that's sitting in front of you to explain that uh, well, well, for for instance, every once in a while, uh, we'll have uh, we'll invite six people for our seance, 
uh, here at the Havisham, uh, uh, Havisham Vault. And the right six people have to stand in the right six sigils in order to get our, our, our seance machine up and running. And if we do, in fact, get it to work, which most of the time we do, we'll be able to contact, hopefully, the spirit of Miss Havisham, which will allow us to see this place in a completely different light, a little more haunted, a little bit more like uh, an, a, an escape room, although I don't like to assume that everyone's going to escape, but you understand. You can feel free to go through the strange and unusual place with me or on your own and see if you can escape. And that's kind of where we leave it. So I, you know, in playing Aloysius, which is much easier to explain what the story is because it's enticing to the people that Aloysius can also be in a totally different mood on any particular day. He may be more drunk on certain days when you show up. That is the <laughs> wonderful thing about people coming in is he may be in a bad mood, he may be in a good mood, you never know when you're gonna catch him. Uh, and the same with the other workers. So the people who are there that are playing our Havisham Society member make it an experience from the moment you walk through the door. Um, you know, it's not like the Disney store where it's like, how are you doing today? Somebody may walk in and say, how the hell did you find us? What the hell are you doing in here? You're just going to walk into our place. And that's the beauty yes. of it because the comedy and uh, the comedy is what allows us to, to kind of tell the story um, in a different way. You know, a lot of people are like, what, what the hell are you? And think it's a haunted house and we're not. But it is, you know, it is actually a paranormal environment, too. So you're going to get people who want to see that. You're going to see, you're going to get people who, you know, automatically understand that it's the quality of a theme park and not just a theme store, you know. And that's what's beautiful about it. And you have some people who just, like, turn on their heels and walk right back out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can swear in your podcast, but I just we're, so we're good. We're, we're, we're good for this one. <laughs> but but that's the beauty of it is that you know at the time it's like we had pine and iron across the hall. We had the Hog River, and we have people who are attracted. You know, we've got a talking skeleton outside that's a bar, a carnival barker that's luring people in with carnival music, and though it's it the right people find their way there. I love it. And then it. they stay and explore. And, and I, with those right right people that Joey's talking about. You know, a lot of times, you know, people say, well, what's your audience or people come in and you can, we'll have people come in who, ooh, look, witchy stuff. I want to buy these socks that have a little cute devil on them. Okay. So you've got that end and we'll have the other end where people come in and they're practitioners. And they're like, do you have sage? Do you have mugwort? You know, I need this for my altar. So where we find a balance, and, and again, I'll say this a lot, the authenticity of it is, you know, if you go into one of our rooms and there's sigils on the walls and there's voodoo things, we've had people who are practitioners who say, this is real. You research this, you know, it's authentic. But an average person who's coming in for the witchy socks is like, you know, oh, this is scary and spooky. And we really wanted to push that as far as we could. And it's very difficult because you want, let's say, the strange and unusual person to have this great experience. But then you want the lay person, I guess you could call them, who do, there are people who come in to go antique shopping because we do have antiques. You know, we do have people who are, you know, love wet specimens and taxidermy. And then we have people like little spooky toys. Kids come in all the time. Um, awesome. But as long as you're being authentic with it, um, 
that's that's kind of our greatest asset. So from my perspective, when people come in and say, what is this? The one thing I wanted to give people overall was if you're walking into here, is it real or is it not real? We blur those lines extensively. A lot of the things that we do and the things that are hidden, you can Google. They're, they're, they're all based in reality. They're all based in reality. The Havishams based in reality. And we've just taken this and did it, you know, they call it hyper-realism in world building and kind of took it, taken it to, you know, a couple of different levels. And so when you're in the room, when you're in the hall of a natural history and you're surrounded by all these cryptids, you may have heard of Chupacabra, Wendigo, and you can go up and like almost literally touch them and learn about them and hear them. Um, and the people come out and that's, you know, they're just like, where did you get this? You know, where did you get this in a jar? You know, is, is this a real, is this a real mouse fetus? You know, we'll get that question all the time, believe it or not. And for me to see them, when you say yes, or you give them more information or, or you sit there and, and our associates tell them a story about the background of our frozen, um, six foot mermaid that we have like right there behind me. She's there. Um, all the way in the back. Oh my God. It, it's just that reaction, you know, and to see them, you know, we live in Connecticut, home of PT Barnum. And, and there's that great line from Jurassic Park, you know, where he says, you know, they talk about the flea circus, that if you looked close mm -hmm. enough, you could almost see the fleas. And that was always in the back of my mind that people will go in. And on one hand, they're, they're seeing things moving they're hearing things or feeling a cold chill. It, and Joey alluded to this, we've had professional um, paranormal investigators, I think three groups now come in to take an actual look and have actually documented things. So now we're pulled back into reality, you know, where people have come in and they've heard things and recorded EVPs and things like that. It is just this, it's like a rip in time. It's like Curioporium is, at this position where when people walk in and definitely when they're, when they're meeting the Havisham society members, you know, they don't know. They, you're you know, the in-between, you're the, you're the, the purgatory. You know, you were speaking about seeing Trinity at uh, the punk rock flea market and Trinity's our cryptid monster hunter and she can jump through time. So, you know, very much, you know, the, jumping through time, she can be a classical warrior or she can be, you know, the 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 Mad Max Road Warrior that you saw, depending on who she's hunting. Um, it's absolutely amazing. Um, I do want to, you know, you brought up the good points, and I, I, I kind of want to touch on this because I, I'm curious. You do a lot of really amazing things, and you have a lot of variety and flavor in your guys' store. Uh, with your immersive, with your experiences, like how that's a, you, you try to find line. How do you, you know, defer, uh, let me put it this way. Uh, how do you keep it from that, find that gray area to, to, to stay where you're not like, lack of better words, making gore porn, but you're, mm -hmm. you're also giving a, a very much fun, entertaining and some shock value experience. Mm -hmm. That's a very fine line. How do you guys do that so well? Or like, how do you, determine what is and what isn't with one for of me 
Well, yeah. you, you go ahead, Nathan. Uh, go and what I think Joey can definitely answer this because this is something, you know, that really working with him has brought out. And it's like this line with bringing in dark comedy and doing things that aren't expected. You know, like you mm -hmm. said, Krampus, or if we have the Grim Reaper, and Joey can talk a little bit more about it. And it's just the way it's presented mm. in a different way. And we've never been like, oh, you know, there's tons of blood here and gore and things popping out. A lot of people ask, you know, are there jump scares? Like we're more in your head uh, versus we're going to show you this. Uh, but, you know, Joey says it really succinctly. So I'll, I'll let him talk about kind of how, um, especially with the performances that he does in the shows, um, how he really gets that across. Yeah, I think, but, you know, when meeting Nathan and really realizing that we both are so detail oriented and we both have, like, he he has the, the story of the Havishams, I have the story of Dr. Grimm and my steampunk world, which going into nerdy background, that's what I did for 20 years was steampunk, like steampunk awesome. art design and, and concept and writing books and things like that. So it was it was important to me to kind of bring my characters and mesh them with Nathan's world in such a way that they they blend together very well and you know we're dealing with some really dark story points here uh historically yeah. there's a lot of historical points that Nathan brings in when he writes and there are, um and, and I'm really good at like weaving in the the comedy aspect of it and the improv part of it which is how you know, when we first opened, it was a theatrical, we were doing the vault experience. The vault experience was a six person, 90 minute experience. I think we did them like two on Friday, three on Saturday, two on Sunday, when mm. we first started. And it was, I was the lead character. And then we had another character that was the Havisham Society member that was my assistant, but I would carry this 90 minute show over and over and over playing Aloysius and Aloysius uh, for me and my portrayal of things and any of the characters that we bring, they are our, our versions of character of the characters, whether they be an, an original character, OG, as the kids could say, uh, <laughs> or whether you're talking about Krampus or Death or Lady Krampus or, you know, whoever we bring in, they have to be, there has to be an, a, a good melding of comedy and darkness. And the improv is what allows us to do that. It was what allows us to keep it fresh. Um, you know, we evolved, like our initial plan was that the, the, the vault experience was part one of a three or four part story that we, that we were telling through different characters, Nathan's original story of the Havishams and telling their family story. But if you're, you know, it's like from the moment people start this immersion, um, it's not an escape room, but it is. It's not a haunted house, but it is. It's it's not a comedy show, but it is. Um, and then you've got the payoff at the end, and then it's the, well, what happens next? And there was always the plan to keep bringing in more and more of this. So if you like go through our YouTube, there's very like uh, nuanced characters and character development that we're throwing at people that are also hidden in the vault if you go and look for them. And that's how we keep it fresh. This, the, we have our own little miniature Marvel universe that is like this red string theory that's going off in all these different directions that we can then take and make videos and you know, short stories about or stories online at our website or LARPing or gaming or whatever that 
I think people are used to now as storytelling continues, like especially as the, you know, to bring up the Marvel universe, very much so. People are always looking for those little Easter eggs. They're always looking for those little story points, those little nuances, and that's everything that we do. The improv part of it, which is what I teach the, as, a, as a method to anybody who comes in, is to be able to be, and, and, and it's not method acting. I want to say that up front. It is very much, for me, it's like I'm not an actor. I'm a performer. I'm just playing in mm -hmm. the space, and I can just keep going. I can keep going for hours playing Aloysius or any of these characters, and we have in many cases in training these you know, they must have looked like some of our actors that came in for, for uh, auditions. Nathan had this great idea yeah. of they would come in and audition, but Aloysius was there, just as Aloysius, not Joey. Aloysius was there. He was already a little bit drunk. And he had to play along with what they had to play along with whatever he was doing. And that's how we got knew that we had the right people who were not just there, you know, in, in doing your typical audition. Uh, this is me and I'm going to read this, but they walk in and here's this crazy drunk scientist that is now interacting with them with Nathan, who's also kind of playing a character too, mm -hmm. or at least in on the joke. And that's how it is for anybody who walks in the store. We had to treat it in that such a way that when people walk in, it's like, I don't know what the is <laughs> going on here, but I like it. And, or I don't like it and I'm going to leave. But most of the time, 90% of the time, they just want more. And that's why, because you never know what's going to happen next. And it, whether it's in the shop as shopping, you don't know what you're going to walk into in the next room. As the experience, you don't know what's going to happen next. And then we just keep evolving the show. The show was never the same any time that I did it. So I would do this 90-minute show, take a break, do it again. I'm telling, yes, an arc of a story. But it is completely improv depending on the people who are there. And that is how we treat everything we do. And, and what's interesting about about the acting thing is I'm very classically trained theater. You know, I, I I skew a little bit more to like the theater of the mind and things like that. But you know, when we were we were talking about melding these two things together, in 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 you know, I was remember it's a great example when we first started. I said, okay, Joey, get me a script. You know, I've got it because these actors were coming from backstage. Like these were either up and coming actors who this is what their life, you know, what their life is. And I'm like, okay, we got to do this. And, and I remember I was like, you know, show, show me, you know, get me a script. So there, there was, you know, it gives me the, you know, it was like two, two or three pages and it was all timed out. And I'm like, wait, these are sound, wait, these are cues. This is a cue sheet. He's like, no, that's a script. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Where are the lines that they have to memorize? You're like, there's no lines really to memorize. So right then and there, when we first opened, taking this, classic idea of theater to get these actors to understand and for me to understand and vice versa you know the world that joey's coming from i mean it's it was a it's it still is it's a lot of hard work because what i've learned over time is like you can't just give a script if you do give a script then there's a subscript of just here's the lines but if you only remember a quarter of it you're going to be fine because we're doing this for a live audience. We're doing it for six people. You're standing right next to them. They're asking questions. You can't script that. So it's involved into this, in, into this method where when we first started, our actors would come in. Joey would have them for X amount of time in one half of our studio. 
mm. learning about this improv. It's, it's, you know, a really great thing of, you know, who's driving in the car with you? Who's got their hands on the steering wheel? Then they do that for a while, and then they'll come over to me for more theater that they understand. Um, and it's difficult for regular trained actors to be like, you're doing this for 90 minutes, and you really don't have anything that you can really memorize. Um, but the quality of the stuff that comes out, because you're you're breaking down all these barriers of what they were taught, like, okay, I stand here, and I need to project. Like, you can't hide. You can't go off stage. You can't ask for a line. You know, no one's going to give you a line. Um, and it's definitely a very specific type of improv, just from my personal, you know, experience over the last 25 years, that it's not an improv show like, hey, somebody give me a scenario. Hey, somebody give me five funny things to say. Like, no, in one second, an audience member could change everything that you're about to do. And they do. They they do. Um, it, it, you guys definitely put the TLC in it, like just beyond all. Um, I do want to say this really quickly. I'm calling straight up BS on Joey because there's no way you guys do what you guys do as well as you guys do and don't run tabletop games because like D&D, that is like straight up D&D. You add some right dice, there. they're playing D&D. That's, right, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, oh my God, yeah. this is what I do as a DM every night. It, it's very similar. I mean, exactly kind of what you're saying is what led us to get into the tabletop gaming. Now, the, the one thing that we have to look at is, you know, Curioporium, there's two sides of it. There's the sides everyone sees and there's the business side. Of course, there's the business aspect. You know, keep in mind that Curioporium itself is only open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We're only open about, what is it, 28 hours in the week, okay? Um, how do you sustain this? How do you, with this high production value? And one of the things was we've tried, you know, are people going to come out on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Over, over, over the time we've been doing this, a lot of people said, oh, my God, I'd love to play D&D here. I could, you know, this, you know, awesome. So thinking about it, and, and Kate, who's on our team, is a, a definite immersive LARPer and, and gamer. So we're like, okay, why not? You know, we're paying for the space. We're, I'm paying the rent. Everything's being paid, and we're closed to the public Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Why not do it this? So like literally now, when you come in those Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, we're using our six immersive rooms for curated tabletop games. So if you're going to play Mansions of Madness, you're going to be in the parlor of lost souls. If you're going to play Call of Cthulhu, you're going to be in this room behind me where there's an actual juvenile Cthulhu in the tank. And it's just a natural progression where we're, we're giving you the same experience, the bells and whistles, but we're putting it towards tabletop gaming. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's something that fits really well in our wheelhouse. Um, definitely the venue that we have, it's not like, hey, Here's a game you're going to play in this room. Like, of course, we couldn't do that. Each room is going to have its own ambient soundtrack. You know, when you come and play a hosted game by a professional DM, they're not just going to have sound effects. They're going to have props. They're going to have, if it's a puzzle you need to solve in a dungeon, that puzzle is going to be right in front of you. You know, you can dress up, you know. So we wanted to then 
it's looking at things through a different lens. And I love tabletop gaming places like the boardroom that used to be in uh, Middletown. Mm. Uh, but it's just looking at it through. It's saying if the owner, if the Havishams wanted to do tabletop games, how would they do it instead of how would we do it as a business? And again, it brings in staying true to kind of how we do productions that I wanted to make sure we're still doing that for games. And it's not like, here's a wall of games, you know, walk up, pick one out. Like, no, that's boring. (laughs) (laughs) A new trailer just launched that's, that's very much like there's, there's basic gaming and there's what we do. Yes, I saw that. I, 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 before we started this episode, because I wanted to check out, see what you guys got coming up. And, mm-hmm. and I, I watched that and I saw this little video and it said basic gaming. And then I saw the entire immersive experience and I was like, oh my God, that's awesome. And I live in Southington. So Hartford's like, what, an hour ish? Oh, no. Less, less, less. I'm not originally from here. I'm not originally. Stop, stop, stop. Don't judge me too much here. Right? We're like a half, we're like a half hour from you. Yeah. Maybe I'm counting traffic. <laughs> Usually I'm driving in traffic. It's, it's not a trip to Mordor. It's about a half no. hour. That's it. Steve, just today you shared a link about D&D in a castle. That's true. In and England, that's a, professional in England. masters in a castle. Yes. And I yes. looked at one of the prices. It was like three grand for three days, which, you know what? It sounds pretty fun. You got to travel to England. Hartford's yeah. a lot closer. Hartford the is a heck of a detail lot and the immersion. Yeah. It looks like these guys are offering. Yeah, like a much better deal. Our DMs, I mean, what they're planning for, you know, campaigns that will be run, you know, in there will be like signups where you can sign up. And if you're familiar with any of the video games out there, everything's about cosmetics. And if you sign up early, you get this or that. But we're going to be doing a little twist on that, where if you're signing up for one of these campaigns and whether you sign up early you automatically start out with a boost. Maybe it's a special item, maybe it's a special want, but you'll actually physically get that and get to keep it for the game and take it home with you. So we're adding, you know, a little bit more, a little bit, you know, just a little bit more, more to that. So when people do come in, eventually what the, what the game masters want to work on is, um, I don't, if you guys are familiar with homebrew, they want to homebrew a Havisham Curioporium world where there's, you know, and that's like this, these, these individuals came in and they were like pages and pages of ideas, you know, that they've had. And that was one of them. I mean, that's eventually where, where we'll go, but kind of my job is what I wanted to do is present everybody with an opportunity to be able to create those things that they wanted to create where, you know, if it's an artist saying, you know, if only I had access to this, if I only had access to that. So like with a lot of um, our game masters, as well as design associates, it's like, hey, you want to come in, use use our equipment for your own things that, you know, you yourself as your own design company um, is getting contracted for. Go ahead. You want to use the, the the laser printer. Go ahead. You know, and that's always kind of what I wanted when I was younger in any of the businesses that I have, and in this one in particular, you know, the other day, it was funny, you mentioned uh, the trailer, you know, I come in from my other day job business, and Joey's there with his whole camera setup, because we do everything in-house, we've got like a 5,000 square foot studio, he's in there working on the video, while game masters are picking out games, 
while people are working on stuff for the store and it's like for me that was like wow like all these things are going on and complementing each other um and that's why like definitely with the trailer i mean just with the shot um that that joey did in the way it was put together like even with that i want to make sure that we're self-reliant enough where we have that creative license um whether it's from designing a curiosity for the store working on a show bringing annabelle to the lantern tour or going out with beetlejuice or krampus in public in in uh the the um mobile unit all those things have to gel and just that one instance when i walked in and all that stuff was happening was just like wow okay this you know curioporium has now morphed into its own life form you know that everyone's now doing this and it's been indicative in all the work um you know that everybody works there i mean like you had said it's you you can go to an event outside and you're kind of getting the same experience as if you talk with aloysius inside the shop it's yeah. just aloysius might be at a flea market he might you know be at a comic-con because yeah, that was the, that was shop. yeah i mean that was the whole point of us bringing the the vehicle, the CMU to life was that yeah. we wanted to figure out a way to take what we do in the shop and bring it out to other people and be able to use it as if it were a, you know, it's a, it's a paranormal cryptid hunting vehicle, a nod to the Ecto-1, obviously, um, but in mm -hmm. a more modern way. And, and, you know, being able to go to these events, which we'll continue doing in 2023, um, you know, we hit, we had nine, what, 19 events, I think, during the month of October. We put yeah. that truck together in a month in September. Are you we, serious? Yep, we, we designed and built it and uh, got it on the road all together as a team. And then we, you know, I had already had all these events planned. So we were out on the road while we were in the shop, while we were planning events in the store. Um, it was crazy. It was very ambitious. We mm -hmm. learned a lot from it. And, and, and now going into 2023 and looking at, you know, Comic cons and and uh, haunt conventions and you know where where are we going to be next? But seeing that truck on the road, which is Nathan's truck that he drives every day, uh, mm -hmm. he can tell you how many people are like, "What the hell is <laughs> yeah. this?" And can I get you pictures know, of it? And it it's working. So cool. It's a it's a it's, billboard. It's a driving it's, billboard. It's so cool. It really is. I it I can't even describe it for the podcast listeners legitimately ladies and gentlemen you have to check it out we'll, we'll definitely have to put up a pic of it and everything and it was it's dude you guys i i, it, I don't have it's, words it's the it's the attention to detail again like the vehicle it's both outside and inside you know a lot of people some people they do get a chance to sit inside and yeah we have emergency flasks of holy water Mm -hmm. on the ceiling you know but we we've have... also got a sprinkler on the roof that will spray holy water or drop a ring of salt if we need to you know so it's that same thing <laughs> so cool. as curioporium but like when when we say we go out in public uh we hooked up with spooky popcorn that shows horror movies in constitutional plaza uh throughout i think the summer and then into um the halloween season and they wanted us there so the curio one went down there with havisham society members we were there to pass out flyers looking for these missing kids, you know, so there was, we had these actual flyers from these, you know, these missing kids uh, from the movie and people were like, 
then they connected. Wait a second. These are the kids that are in the movie that are vampires, and you're looking for them. And then a Havish from Society member comes out with an infrared camera scanning each person. It's a real infrared camera to see if they're cold-blooded or not. So even when we were there, it's not like we're there for the store. We're, we're there for the experience. And the people who were sitting there, you know, people were like, oh, how much are these missing, you know, posters? I'm like, no, you can you can take it. And that's where we say we're trying to bring our experience to them. It's not, oh, here's Curiporium showing up. Like, no, it's Aloysius. It's Trinity. You know, it's um, all, all of the Havisham Society members putting, showing what we do to the public. Not, we're here to set up a table and sell stuff. Um, which is very different on it. Take the entertainment and the LARPing side to a whole different level that, I, I mean, I have paid for like the Mysterious Package Company packages. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys are familiar with those, oh, yeah. but it is, it is, it is what I, you guys are doing what I'm paying stupid amount of money for just to look at it and go, ooh, that's pretty. And then look at my Call of Cthulhu books and go, one day. And you, yeah, I, I, I was going to ask the question, like, how do you defer from traditional forms of like media and entertainment? But like, you do, like, you guys are, you're just, you're your own different form. You are not. I, a, a I think it's making it accessible. It's yeah. making it accessible in a way that, you know, it's like you're not, you, you, and again, it's coming from my theme park background of, you know, like I loved the Haunted Mansion as a kid. And eventually I grew up to work on the renovation for the Haunted Mansion because I was so enthralled with the background story, not just going in it. Like you, there's the people who go in it and there's the people who are like, oh, there's a whole story going on here about, you know, a bride that her heart was broken because her, her fiance's head was cut off at their wedding and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, there's all these little things that are like, oh, it's connected to Pirates of the Caribbean. And how is it? Oh, that's interesting. And I wanted to bring that to, to, I bring that to whatever I do, any of my stories, any of my creatures that I build, the costumes that I make, that's what I do. And to have the opportunity to work with Nathan to bring this to life on a whole different level where people are walking into it and becoming part of it, and, you know, like with our truck, it, the, the, there's not only the actors around the truck, but there's the sound effects of the Havisham uh, headquarters that are sending uh, messages to the truck that we can hear while you're walking around it, whether you're inside or out. And that immersion on, a, on an accessible level, I don't think is something that everyone gets. I think, you know, you've got a, a lot of like, Kind of the comedy aspect of what we do i oftentimes um make uh, a nod to what we do in the shadows um yes. the TV show, which i think is brilliant that's what we're doing in a way that it's improv on a scripted arc and that arc just keeps building to this like i didn't see that coming i didn't see that coming and it just keeps getting weirder and weirder and that is what we're what we're doing whether it be with the truck going out to events whether it be in the in the shop whether it be with the gaming. And like Nathan said, we control it. Like every, all of the videos that you see are done in-house. All the audio that we make, the, the ambiance, it's all done in-house. The creatures are made in-house. Do we work with local artists? Yes, because we love to support local artists. We love to support, um, you know, 
businesses of color, people of color, people just bring it like we are we are a, a, a safe space for like the strange and unusual, whatever whatever that means where you didn't fit in out in the normal world, you will fit in here. And we are accepting of it and making it making it your your adventure too. That's which awesome. Which is a big part of the, what the gaming is going to be doing too. It, and shows, but I, I'll say I don't consider myself particularly strange and unusual. I don't love horror. I've been to shops that are very niche. They have bones and things for witches and oddities. And at a quick glance at your website, I kind of got that feeling. But then as I started looking at it, I'm like, ooh, ooh, escape room. Okay, okay, this is different. That's different. It seems accessible for everybody, not just the strange and unusual lovers, but right. you know, normal everyday people can go there and get a fun experience. Absolutely. And do some shopping and learn something. Yeah, and that's absolutely correct. And you know, I, I was born and raised in Connecticut. You know, try they always have a joke, you know, you're born and raised in Connecticut, you try to leave, but it'll always suck you back in. <laughs> so lived in New York for a while. I mean, just done tons of work for dot coms and tons of other things, you know. And I anybody who lives in Connecticut younger, they're like, there's nothing to do, it's boring, this and that. Well, if using the strange and unusual per capita. Connecticut is one of the most strange and unusual states out of all 50 states. Almost every county, I mean, you're from Southington, there's one of the most haunted house possessions. I know, I know, I found that out. There, you know, <laughs> um, but also if you start digging deeper, which, which we've been doing, and that's this whole strange and unusual CT thing we've been working on, you know, not many people know Stephen King went to elementary school here. The writers of Jaws lived in Stanford next to each other. You know, the first witch trials took place a hundred years before Salem here. And you start going down this rabbit hole. Litchfield County is known as one of the most paranormal triangle areas in the world. But Connecticut always likes to keep things quiet. They just keep it under the carpet, you know, hey, Connecticut's revolutionary, you know, was a thing. Um, but these aren't bad things when you really take a, a, a look at it. And we've just been unearthing stuff. And, and this whole idea of strange and unusual, originally when people see it, they're like, strange and unusual. That means, you know, creepy bones, horror. But then they kind of see what we mean by it. I personally, everybody in some aspect is strange and unusual, you know, in one way. If you love serial killer shows on Netflix, you're strange and unusual. If you really think about it, you know, how many times sitting next to somebody and they're like, oh, you've got to see this episode. It's just, oh, you've got to see what, you know, this killer did. Okay. Well, <laughs> at the same time, do you, like, when does somebody come to you with historical things saying, oh my gosh, you need to see this thing about World War II. It's so good. You know, <laughs> let's take, you know, let's think about it that way. <laughs> you know, You're um, right. and, and we want to open up people's minds to a bigger world. You know, Joey talks about, you know, being open and being diverse, you know, being a minority owned uh, a business, um, you know, something very important to me. I grew up in the um, the Parkville area. My mother, my mother's French. She had a ceramic shop right in the middle of it during the 80s. So I kind of grew up in that area. But just to see, you know, the things and the individuals that come in to not just shop, Maybe they come in to be part of our Witchy Wednesdays, which is a meetup for, you know, practitioners of all different types of, you know, religion and, and magic and, and just see this diversity and to have people when I'm there at the shop working saying, 
you know, I'm so glad I found this place. Um, I have one individual that came to work for us and said, you know, it was very profound. Like, I can't be myself at my regular job. They tell me I need to have a normal colored hair. They tell me I can't wear this or I can't wear that. And for them to be like, now I can be my own true self, you know, just for that aspect, you know, it, it's, it's like, wow, you know, that's, that's really, that's really big. And you know, everyone who's involved from the people that volunteer from our staff, you know, they're really vested. It's not just, Hey, this is a job that I go to, to be strange during the week. Um, I mean, trying it's a to home for them. It's a home. It's a home yeah. for them. And yeah, not like just to that. express themselves, but just to be themselves like on that level. And where we're located, we're located in a residential building. <laughs> so, you know, when Joey says we have, you know, the bone barker out in the hallway or videos playing, you know, every it's just this great community thing. If, if people come into the, our building and buy an apartment, like they're like, hey, go downstairs to Curioporium, get your sage, sage your new apartment, you know? And we do have people we have locals coming in saying, oh, you know, can I get some incense for this or that? Or, and it's just very fulfilling to see that you have people who come for the entertainment, but you also have people that come for actual practical things. And you're just not going to get that in any other, you know, themed uh, store that's out there where, yes, you can come in and, hey, let's talk about crystals. Let's talk, you know, and people very freely come in and say, I have this problem. What do you have that could help me out? You know, versus, hey, I want that new wand you have. It's just amazing, you know? <laughs> so you, you really you really can get that. And all of our associates that work, nobody could ever really know everything about our shop, but we have some that specialize in potions, herbs, and crystals. And that's what they do very well, where others know folklore, cryptid, and animals. They do that very well. Aloysius knows about the science of this. So like when Joey's saying, when people come in, they may refer you. Wait a second. You know, this Havisham Society member can help you out with that. Um, yeah, try try doing that in Marshalls or, some, <laughs> you know. Um, but again, it's, that, it's that balancing act. And I think we're, 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 we're doing a, a pretty good job with it. But it's, you know, first is getting the people Hey, you don't understand what it is. You're in there five minutes. You'll understand. You, Tell us yeah. about the store. How how big is it? How many rooms do you have? Uh, six rooms. We're a little bit under two thousand square feet. So uh, first, uh, Joey, why don't you take everybody through the rooms that we have? Yeah, sure. the The first room that you walk into is the salon. Uh, the salon houses um, our seance machine, which is a uh, twenty five foot by nineteen foot tall working functioning steampunk um seance machine that uh, was custom built for the store in the store and it actually does function for our shows it does function when people are in the in the store it is in testing mode but it actually is you know you can't look away it's uh, <laughs> you hear it whirring you see fog and steam coming out of it you see things moving the spirits that are showing up in the scrying mirror every once in a while but it is actually functional. It functions for our show uh, in that that is how we contact our spirits, whether it be for the vault experience with Miss Havisham, or let's say we're going to have an evening with Edgar Allan Poe. I use that machine to call Edgar Allan Poe from the, from the other side 
uh, and then he walks into the room. Same with uh, Annabelle, we can pull the spirit out of her little doll and uh, bring her in for a, a, a tour, a lantern tour, um, that no one will die. I promise. <laughs> um, you know, the Grim Reaper uses it to, to traverse uh, from the other side as well once in a while. Um, so that's that's like you walk in and boom, you're just hit in the face with that. There's a sand circle on the on the floor. Uh, beyond that um, is the Havisham vault door. So once you cross into the vault itself, you've got the library or the Sanctum Obscura. That's where all the history of the Havishams is, as well as things that are being tested to be moved further into the correct rooms of the vault. You've got the Hall of Unnatural History, which is where all of our cryptids are um, and our creatures that are misunderstood but being researched. Uh, we have the a Veil of the Living and the Dead that you have to pass through, uh, which is a has a, a storm cloud on the ceiling that is drawing the energy of the people that walk through it to make sure they can come back. Um, you've got the repository, which is the, the Havisham spirit room, uh, where you'll have uh, anything from possessed items, your typical wraiths, poltergeist, class five, full roaming vapors, the usual, uh, but also cursed, uh, cursed objects as well. Um, and then there's the parlor of lost souls, which is a, uh, a room of the original Havisham manor that has a little bit more dark energy to it. Lots of dolls find their way there um, and try to keep friends there. Um, but it's, it's so those, those rooms are all winding through and then you have to wind your way back to the salon to escape or leave, sorry. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, you catch things either way that you're going. You know, there is a full sound uh, auditory, you know, soundtrack going on in the salon that is completely different than what's going on in the vault. Uh, you typically won't hear the same thing twice as you're walking through. And then on top of that, there are layered and layered things that are interacting, moving, making their own sounds uh, as you go through. So, you know, and, and you're not going to get the same reaction from certain things when you go. And then keep in mind that when we do an immersive show, like the vault experience, everything in the vault and in this in this uh, the salon look and sound completely different for that show. Uh, same with the lantern tour. It'll have a totally different experience. All of the lights are out. You have candles, you have lanterns. Uh, so things are definitely moving in the shadows at that point, uh, but totally different uh, ambiance uh, as far as what you're hearing. So we change it up for everything. I mean, we, we even went as far as a, a few months back. Um, we had this great opportunity with the uh, Michael J. Fox uh, Foundation, and Nathan can tell you a little bit more about it, but it was like they were coming up just to visit with uh, 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 with their DeLorean. It was uh, Terry and Oliver Holler, um, who, who fundraised for the Michael J. Fox Foundation, uh, Team Fox. And they were coming up just to visit. And we just were like, hey, can we do an event, uh, you know, a fundraising event for you? And we dropped everything. And in a week, we totally transformed and did this entire new show and, you know, raised, a lot, raised some money for the, for the foundation. Uh, but transformed it all into, you know, Doc Brown used the seance machine to call Doc Brown from the 18, from 1885 <laughs> to unlock the vault. And it was this whole thing. But it was like, that's the beauty of having the team that we have is to be able to pull these things together. That's incredible. Um, at the, you know, uh, not that we like to do things at the drop of a hat, but we can if we need to. 
<laughs> so, so let's say, out of curiosity, uh, me and my wife are coming. We decide we want to come check out the the Kuro. I'm bringing my hand. <laughs> We lock the doors uh, and we don't let you in because I've heard about you. Yeah. <laughs> um, how, how much time do you think at, at minimum, because I could see myself spending many, many an hour, should I dedicate if I wanted to come check you guys out? If I well, wanted to do, do the experience? If you come in for our, our regular haunted shopping, yeah. which we have, there's no admission. It's free to come in. Okay, so we do have people that come back over and over and over again. Um, you know, usually if you're into this on one level, usually we'll have people stay 45 minutes mm -hmm. to an hour um, just investigating things. The biggest thing is you will not see everything all at once. There's apps like every time you come back, wait a second, was this here? Yes, that was there. I didn't see that. And there's things tucked in all different nooks and crannies and places. So it's virtually impossible to get the same. You're not going to have the same experience every time you come back. Just because there is literally so much. You could spend a good hour and a half just opening up drawers in cabinets and learning and reading letters and audio files of the Havishers. Just that alone. That's then crazy. if you add on learning more about the creatures, that's a whole layer. <laughs> then if you add on on top of that, all the curated items. So Joey touched on the cursed items that we have, right? You can take these cursed items, all have labels on them. You can take that to a Havisham Society member and they will look it up in a book and tell you why this is haunted or tell you the history of the item. Any of the items that have the tag, there's, there's lots. And if you wish, you can purchase the item. But that's a whole other different layer where people will just keep bringing items and learning about the stories. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but if you're for a first foray coming out in here, if you're really into this type of stuff, if you, hey, if you want to look for the dark crystal, if you want to see, you know, Hellboy's hand, if you want to search and, and dig around and see one of the elements from the, the sixth element, you're going to take about an hour, uh, about a good hour to okay. go, to go. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, and then we've got like our, our lantern tours are, are something specific that we give you kind of a mini tour mm. with the character. And then, you know, you, and then you get to just shop around for another 45 minutes or so. So that's a way that you get, <laughs> depending on who the character is, you'll get a different version of their, their tour of okay. what you're, what you're seeing. So the Grim Reaper is definitely like his whole thing is telling you about death through the ages, through the eyes of the Havishims and the people who are there. Uh, again, it is a very comedy-driven tour. Annabelle's is a bit darker. Um, you know, she is not one to be woken up. But hey, we, we've done it, and, the, and there you go. Uh, again, you're going to get you're going to get a different experience no matter when you come and who's in the store with you. Uh, we had we had a TikTok influencer, uh, Becky Ann Galantine, come. Um, she's she's very popular within the paranormal community. She was one of the first people I think that came through our shop and she really wasn't expecting much. Like she just heard about it. She lived in, in West Hartford. She was like, Oh, can I come and check it out? I'm like, sure. Two hours later, um, <laughs> she's still looking through things. She's, I mean, we had a great conversation and it was like, those, one of those things that it's like, yeah, she has been all over the world looking at paranormal places. She has never seen anything like this. And that's, that's the fun thing 
when I'm working in the store, when Nathan's there, when you get those people who come in who work at work at escape rooms and work at you know have have traveled the world looking at paranormal stuff or theme parks and they see this and they're like i've never seen anything like this before um and it wasn't a a team of hundreds of people doing it i mean originally it was nathan and i originally it was nathan i mean the whole the whole vibe of the place the energy of the place came from what nathan originally created and then we just built off of it and evolved it and now it's its own living being how does that make you feel, Nathan? Like just to see it grow it, this way? It, it, it's it, because I have kids. It's like seeing your kid kind of grow, you know. And with that, in you know, this whole project and everything is all self-funded, you know. And through COVID and all that, I think one of my touchstone moments is when my wife, when we you know started doing the haunted shopping and everything, she said, "You can never stop." You cannot stop this because people are looking for Curio Port. And then, you know, when we, we did the relaunch and all the news crews came in and, and everything, it is a life of, of its own. And with driving around the truck also gives me a different perspective, you know, <laughs> where people are asking questions. And if I come out of the grocery store, people are taking photos or, you know, can you just wait here? Can I take a photo? <laughs> you know, in, in the biggest thing with Kerio Porn, it's grown beyond the original story that I had for the Havishams. We were an antique store with some oddities, with a Victorian sensibility. You know, we had some rooms decorated, not to the, to the length they are now, but again, I wanted to give people something different than your typical antique store. And then to see that idea grow into this living, breathing thing where every single room is its own entity. It is every single room. Every day that I go in, I say hi to everything that's there. You know, everything has its own personality. It's just astounds me when people come in in the comments, like Joey was saying, you know, there's nothing like this in Salem or, you know, this is, it's better than this place or, or that. Um, I enjoy hearing it because they always say this is so not just well thought out, but it feels real. And it's that thing of the realism. I think that I wanted it to grow into and it has, and as it keeps continuing, um, there's not many places that could say to a couple people, Hey, let's build this monster or have people like Joey who can build. I mean, we do the netherworld experience for Beetlejuice. We have half of a worm that life that comes out, you know, it, it, you just can't the, say that. That comes, that comes out of nowhere, by the way. That comes out of nowhere <laughs> um, and, and takes Beetlejuice inside. Or you can't always work in a place where you have a show schedule and unfortunately, due to COVID, main actors not there, but then having the talented people around to be able to put on a show in 48 hours that's still in the Beetlejuice realm, you know, where one of our actors, Kyle, uh, took over the mantle in 48 hours. A totally different show, totally different vibe, but it's surrounding yourself. The Creoporium surrounds itself with people that are like-minded. And I always talk about Karyoporium as a person, 
as a person. It's not my person. It's not anyone's person. It's his own person. And it will dictate to us what will work and what won't work. We've put on shows and said, this is going to be the greatest show ever. And then you sell three tickets. Or this is going to be the greatest free event and nobody shows up. But then we'll do things where it's just like, wow, you know, um, and everyone understands that. And yeah, like doing the show for the hollers and back to the future, you know, they were driving up here in their DeLorean, which is their everyday car. So the DeLorean's in Hartford and just everyone understanding, like, this is not just a great opportunity for Curioporium. It was also a way to pay back these individuals who've done so much. Um, who, I mean, Back to the Future has shaped so much for me and also for Joey that we have that opportunity to do it. And Curio Point would not have given us that opportunity if it's not there and still there um, and still growing. And to say, you know, there are full-time people that work there, you know, that's like a huge, huge thing. Um, and everyone understands that everything that we're, we're doing and bringing these experiences to even kids, when kids come in and Trinity are there and Trinity says, hey, you want to come with me on a goblin hunt while your parents shop? <laughs> you know, that's that's the payoff <clears throat> right there for me personally. That's what makes me say all the business problems in that are worth it when you see things like that happen. I, I think it's safe to say that you guys are definitely a keystone in at minimum the weird of Connecticut, if not Connecticut and Hartford itself, especially community based and being as treating your business as a family, you can definitely see the, the, the blood, sweat and tears that both of you and obviously your, your fellow actors have put into this store. Um, I, I, I have nothing but good things to say. And I've literally only seen the vehicle and checked out your guys' website. And I definitely, definitely, definitely on so many levels coming to check you guys out. Um, I can't wait. I'm definitely going to try to have to get on that lantern torn. Kevin, you want to be my second? You want to go with me? Well, we're bringing both our wives. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I've, I've had you guys on for a while and I truly appreciate it. And I, I think this is a perfect spot to, you know, kind of wrap this up. Um, so for those listening, where's the best place that they can find you guys? Online and social media. So curioporium.com, uh, definitely Twitter at curioporium, Instagram at curioporium and Facebook. Um, you know, any of those social medias, they're going to show you stuff that we're doing. The website has all the information about the shows, you know, immersive gaming. There's a whole side of it with the Habisham history on there. Um, you can go to YouTube and actually see some of the performances, see some of the videos of some of the Habsham Society members. Um, you know, that's where we put everything, everything out there. Um, and definitely with the different age ranges that we touch, some are Facebook only, you know, some are TikTok, <laughs> some are Instagram. Uh, but Joey and Kate do a really good job with that. And that's where you're going to find out more about us. Yeah, you guys are absolutely amazing. It truly, truly are. Uh, so let's go ahead and let's wrap this up. As always, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are listening to us on Apple or Spotify, please remember to rate and review. We're also on Instagram and Facebook, so please like and follow us at DNA Pod, And on Twitter at NerdDNAPod or on our webpage, NerdDNAPod.com. My name's Steve Q. I've been joined by the amazing, the impactful, the creative, and 
the just over eccentric in the dark and weird uh nathan and joey sirs thank you so much for being on the show tonight and of course my wonderful adorable and uh just all-around swell guy kevin bobbins uh thank you guys uh, right I, I work on them i got a little the source that i keep to the side and everything i just look through it right before the shows i'm doing my closing kevin shush uh gentlemen <laughs> thank you guys so much for being on the show truly truly has been a pleasure um nothing but good things to say thank you thank you stay strange and unusual <laughs> absolutely thank you for having us and be, be sure to let us know when you're coming by we'll make sure that uh, we treat you right and that you escape oh. <laughs> at least one of you can the wives stay? Can the wives not escape? That would be great. <laughs> oh, you know, if, yeah, we can. We're always looking for new displays. Send them on play D and D. Thank you and good night. Thank you.